0: welcome to the pretty intense podcast you could please hit subscribe and thumbs up i would appreciate it today on the show is robin Arzan. you might recognize her from sweating your butt off on a peloton bike as she is the head instructor at peloton she's also the vp of fitness programming she was a former corporate litigator that turned her life into a completely different landscape with fitness Uh, she's also a best-selling author she has three books and she's just coming out with welcome hustler it's actually like a a journal and it's all the prompts from her journal herself so she said it feels like a very personal uh, book even though it's not a lot of words coming from someone who is used to writing i really wanted to know how she was able to get into being the manifester that she is her ability to know how to get into the next job or Get the man. I mean, she manifested a man and got engaged in 72 hours. Like, give me that tip, yo. She's a real Spitfire. She has a lot of energy. She just really has a very innate manifesting quality about her. And I just dug and dug and dug for you to figure out how you can have that kind of life and the thoughts that go through her head and how she gets into the right headspace and how she's able to create this life for herself. So, please enjoy this episode and let me know what you think in the comments. If you've been following me a while, you know that I've been drinking AG1 all year, no matter where I go or what I do. If I'm at the racetrack, if I'm in Europe for six weeks, no matter what, I'm drinking AG1 every single morning. When I started drinking AG1 daily, what I noticed was that my gut health improved. I could eat so many different foods without it bothering me. My skin has gotten better. My hair is healthier. So, many functions that everybody wants to get better, got better. It's so awesome. And I've been bragging about it so much that my friends and my family have also started taking it and they love it as well. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to support my body's daily needs. And that's why we have been partners for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 K2 plus five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com prettyintense pretty intense. That's drinkag1.com prettyintense pretty intense. Check it out. Hi, Robin. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. Nice to talk to you. I feel like you. it's probably anytime I could ask, you're probably like thinking in your head, Well, I'm really busy, but
1: (laughs) I mean, who is it? Right. It's instead of saying busy, I'm trying to reframe it as productive.
0: (laughs) I I think that one of the things that comes across pretty clearly is just like you are the engineer and architect of your life. Like you, when you want to do something, you write it down, whether it's like, you want a man? Great. I'm engaged in three days. (laughs) You want like to change your job from being like a lawyer to anything else and boom, it's done. Obviously, you have like a lot of intelligence and um, drive or else you don't start as sort of your story goes about, you know, where you were with law. But, you know, where did you learn that?
1: Well, I, I affectionately call um, the toolkit that I use a superhero toolkit. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I think when you're drawn to becoming a corporate litigator, I was raised, my father was a lawyer, uh, my mother's a doctor. So I think that I was raised with some kind of precision. I'm also a Virgo Latina. So that might have cosmically something to do with it. But oh, I sure just you're really. Virgo. You got to do it perfect. got to <laughs> yeah. do it perfect. I'm trying to let go of some of that. Perfectionism, but honestly, it keeps me, it keeps me hustling. So um, the framework that I really developed as a lawyer for my my career change and then my outside pursuits, I infused into Welcome Hustler. And it started very simply, like with 10 minutes a day, jotting down questions, curiosities, dreams, Google searches. You know, I I when I knew that I fell in love with movement and running, I had no illusions that I was gonna become. An Olympian or something, but I I was like, how can I monetize this new path? And some and initially that started with li- making lots of lists, figuring out what my skill set was, what I could leverage, what I still needed oh, to learn. At Virgo, um, oh, Virgo. Um, But what 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 was really intimidating for me though was the blank page. So even though I was writing legal briefs at the time, and I am a writer, but the blank page was really intimidating when it came to like something that was vulnerable and that that inner voice became really loud. So what I've infused into Welcome Hustler are mantras, questions, ways to kind of make that inner critic a little softer.
0: Well, one of the main traits, and it, it is a bit of a shadow trait of a Virgo, is that You are a really high achiever. I have my son in the sixth house, so I know a lot about Virgo. You're a high achiever. You do everything really well, but you just have a really hard time seeing it and giving yourself credit for it. And so I empathize with that is probably one of it's it. But I've thought to myself before, I'm like, I'm curious what you would think. Would you rather achieve all that could be and you want and not really be able to see it or? Achieve less, but feel really proud and really grateful and, like, recognize. I've thought about this.
1: Achieve more. (laughs) Well, okay. I I love the process and the grit of creating and getting uncomfortable. And whether it's writing a book, putting more weight on the barbell, running faster, Tabata intervals at Peloton. Like, I just love that shit. So... I have a hard time celebrating celebrating the punctuations and the victories, though, for sure. Um, but I do have gratitude for who I'm becoming along the way. So I think for me, the they're not traditional finish lines. They're more like, you. I made a promise to myself and I showed up. Like, that's more important to me.
0: I think one thing that's really hard in life that sounds theoretically, or even just saying the words, like, kind of straightforward and possible to just answer, like, oh, I'm this. But- knowing who you are like really who you are is not that easy. It for me it feels like it requires a lot of alone time, reflection, challenges. Like is that something you feel like you have a really good grip of or do you feel and 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 if you do when did you learn?
1: I have a good grip on it now, but I also have I give myself permission to change my mind. As a parent, at any time I'm in a new chapter, putting a new role into my multi-hyphenate existence, I allow myself the ability to be nimble and bend so you don't break, right? Like I think wearing badges and titles will will become artificial if we don't give ourselves that permission. So yes, I think in my 30s, my late 30s, I really kind of got into the full embodiment of who I am. Wow. That's the hard thing that this is, this is, these are
0: like the little nuanced tricks of like... Sometimes we back into it and we can reflect and see it, but we don't really know how we did it. And sometimes it's active. But at what point did you have
1: some epiphanies where you're like, holy shit? The professional career change really helped because now day to day, I am paid to be who I am. Mm -hmm. Like when I show up at Peloton, when I have a brand partnership, when I create a business, I might be developing a new skill set or expanding an existing one, but at the core of it is who I am. And I had a period of time for eight years where I was showing up as an intelligent writer in the legal profession, an advocate for my clients, but there was so much of my personality traits, of my embodiment that I was leaving at home or leaving behind closed doors. And I think now I really, really step into all of it. Like I don't apologize for my drive, my swagger, my style, um, my history, my story. I don't apologize for any of it. And I'm excited to see what happens next, right? Like I give myself permission to change my mind. So if I have some aspect of my identity that I'm really proud of, like being a runner, I mean, I don't know, I might fall in love with knitting next year. And then I'm just going to be a try to be an amazing knitter. Like I don't, I don't have any um, illusions that that each facet of who I am is for the long haul, but I do have a value system that I sit atop. And I am really proud of that.
0: It's pretty impressive, like the transitions that have come. The real question is always like, just how does things happen? Like how to inspire? I find that like when I was racing, Mm -hmm. I felt like one of the most valuable things was to be able to inspire people. What is it that you try and communicate to people about the lessons that you learned in your journey that you're like, man, if I could just like infect you with this information, this would help you?
1: Oh, well, I think zooming out is a skill that I developed because I am so detail oriented because I suffer from perfectionism and I have that quality of just do it again and do it better. I the complement to that for me the safety valve for my own like mental health is zooming out and asking like what is the larger story that's how I combat mom guilt that's how I combat failures and is is that ability to zoom out and ask myself like is this still in alignment with the larger story that you want to tell even if then this didn't go as planned so that is really refreshing to me and especially when I'm journaling i kind of try to re- i try to revisit that and it's um two questions are really helpful when i'm trying to think about that reflexively it's one infuses gratitude like what do i have right now that i used to wish or pray for Mantle. and that kind of brings me back to where i'm yeah. brings me back to where my feet are and then the second is really Asking, like, is what you're annoyed about, angry about, going to matter in X amount of time? And most of the time, it's not. And if it is, then I'm like, okay, this is the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's not. Usually it's not.
0: Yeah. What about instinct and intuition? How's that played a role? Because I feel like sometimes that, like, based on how many changes you've made and various different, like, pathways and adventures that you've taken, like it's this very confusing little space where it's a fine line between, you know, like uh, head space and then like heart space. Like, do I want mm-hmm. this or do I think I want this? You know, mm-hmm, is this mm-hmm. a good idea theoretically or does this even feel right? You know, how does that yeah. does that come into
1: your like? Yes, all the, process all the time. and how do you use that? I think asking what a yes looks and feels like is important. Because once you've achieved some element of success, sometimes there's just something that other things that happen in lockstep. It was like, oh, if you've done this, then you obviously have to do this. And if if you've written a book, then you obviously have to do this next. And it's other Mm. people's ideas of what the next finish line is or what the, the next expectation is. But I often have to check myself and ask, like, what does a yes signing on the dotted line, accepting the proposal, the business partner, the romantic partner, whatever it is, what does the yes look and feel like? So you mentioned me manifesting um, <laughs> my husband and I, I feel like I kind of did. But one of the things that I would dream and write about was what a Sunday morning looked like at our house. It was like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, what are we eating? The Sunday New York Times is there. Like, there are just elements that aren't as there are details that matter, but there aren't as prescriptive necessarily as like, he must have this job or this, uh, like love that, that, that form didn't even matter. It was like, who do I want to be on a Sunday morning? And not just one Sunday morning for like a thousand Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of marries my list brain with mm. my heart mm. evolution, that's um. Well, you're. I don't know
0: if you've. Are you do? You, are you spiritual? Are you religious? Do you? I
1: am. I am spiritual. Both. I would say both. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. It's possible to hold both and like yeah. love and love and sort of leave love and leave aspects of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that's a very natural, like you, you're manifesting naturally. And I don't, I wondered if you learn that because the, the trick is to get into the whole experience to not go, I want him to be six foot blue mm-hmm. eyes, uh, have this job, this money, like that's like, or even the person I want, Joe, you know, like that's not, yeah. <laughs> it's like how do you, what do you want your life to look like? And you did that. And, um, and, and so, and then, but the most important thing is you really got into the embodiment of how it would feel, which is connecting with your future timeline, which is connecting with your future self and anchoring it. Where the did you learn that somewhere? Or is that just natural? I'm,
1: you know, I've read a lot of that spiritual work, you know, whether it's Gabby Bernstein's work or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's stuff like stuff posts, the secret and, Which I totally saw back in the day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I like taking pieces of that. Like I, I, I consider myself a manifester who, who hustles, <laughs> who works. Important for both. Right?
0: <laughs> because it won't be easy. Yeah. But there's a way to be in flow.
1: That was an interesting nuance that I had to discover because, you know, there's, there's a way to, because I am I, proud of my work ethic, I revere the grit that requires to just get a little closer, you know? But then there's there's also an ease with which it's possible to do it that mm-hmm. doesn't feel forced. So you can put the same amount of energy into something that is a little more fluid. And I think that is what I've realized um, probably in the last few years. I describe it as like, you know, when you're putting energy into something and it feels icky or it feels thirsty. You're like, this just isn't, I am not. Being celebrated, appreciated. I don't like the way I'm speaking to myself. I'm not speaking to myself like I would a friend in this environment. I'm putting the same amount of work, like I'm showing up, I'm hustling, but there are elements of it that don't feel right. And I think when we are in truly in alignment, you know, like whether you consider that a flow state, a spiritual practice, whatever it is it's the same amount of work. Like Passion can feel like frustration. It's not necessarily going to be glossy, but there is a flow and an alignment that when you get glimmers of that, I believe it's possible to optimize many, many areas of your life to have that experience repeatedly.
0: Mm. How did it feel when you were in places like with your old career and or with certain maybe opportunities that came? Was there like uh, examples of things that ran through your head or you felt in your body? Do you, I don't know, do you feel things in your body? Are you a somatic? I, there's yeah, probably a yeah. pretty strong chance of that with how much you use your body, but I don't know if somatics plays into it for you too.
1: For me, it absolutely does. I usually feel it in my sternum and in my chest. I mean, mm-hmm. gut, literally gut. Mm-hmm. But um, that I didn't, Back in the day when I, I I didn't understand it when I was a lawyer because I thought that's just what stress felt like. I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm in a stressful job. Like this is just what New York attorneys do. You know, I always feel and, and a little I, knotted up and yeah. sick, right? Like <laughs> and I, it was almost Brendan. like a, a point of pride. Like, yeah, you know, and it's so sick. Um, I'm glad work culture is, we're moving away from that. But the it really took, I mean, it was therapy, it was understanding my emotions, it was even being able to name the physical mind-body connection. Um, So that took a lot of work. I mean, that was just like the inner work that I did for, you know, basically since I, my twenties until, I mean, we're always doing it, but I think I became a little bit more adept and in tune um, with that and unpacking that. No, that is not a normal feeling. You should not always feel anxious in your sternum, you know, when you are, asked to do a task. And I think the experiences when I was a lawyer that felt most out of alignment. You know, it was during it was during subprime, it was during the Bernie Madoff years. We were representing some white collar criminals. And it just it, like philosophically it didn't feel right. And I thought, wow, how can how can I be using my skill set in a way that scales and in a way that feels makes like I wanted to l- literally like fires, like a fire under someone and have them like own the pen to the story that they're writing. So whether it was, you know, in my prior books or with Welcome Hustler, that those were tools that I actually use, you know, lacing up a pair of running shoes, putting pen to paper in a journal. I found so much freedom in the discipline of those acts that I wanted to share it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. anything that that I've shared Mm -hmm. with the world has been... My own journey, my own process. <laughs> Have you heard the
0: expression choose your hard?
1: Yes. Yes, that, exactly. That,
0: that that, you know, there's lots of great, great inspirational teachers that speak about this, like Jordan Peterson and various different people. But you know, it's like life is hard. It's going to be difficult. And you can let life choose the hard for you. And you're probably mm-hmm. not gonna,
1: you're really not gonna like that. Or you can choose your heart. Yes, I totally believe that. I have revere discomfort. Like I am reading Adam Grant's uh, forthcoming book, Hidden Potential.
0: Me too. I just started that
1: too. Uh, okay. So I'm this, like, this is going to be the new mindset by Carol Dweck. <laughs> it's amazing. And totally, uh, totally in alignment with what I'm about and what a lot of your podcast is about. And this is about not shying away from the discomfort but choosing the discomfort right like you're gonna feel it anyway so you might as well lean into that granular feeling
0: (laughs) well and the the, the idea that there's such as is such a fine line between fear and excitement Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you know you can you know before you start a marathon or an ultra marathon you can be scared like holy shit am I gonna able to keep going the whole time and is my body going to hold up or you can be like baby let's go let's go you know like there's a real fine line and you know you say the same thing for jumping out of an airplane or you know standing in front of a jury or whatever it may be but there's a very fine line between the two and perception of i i believe perception is reality like i don't know like what do you think when you think about like what shapes your reality What is it that you think helps shape it the most?
1: I'm a huge fan of, I call it like dreamscaping, like visualizing, like seeing myself as if I already have it, but it has to anchor in verbs. It's like, and now what's the action that is getting you a micro movement closer? So it's consistently showing up with some kind of action, but then also having this thing in the back of my mind where it's like, I'm trying to move towards her. Like I'm trying to move a little closer to, I want to get to know who Robin in 2030 is. And that's going to require me like continuing to show up and continuing to what, climb the right, climb my own ladder, so to speak. And that's where the, you know, what does a yes look like is a question that I ask myself a lot, especially lately, because I have achieved some of the things that I used to dream about. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the next dream? And it's exciting, but also really daunting because I don't actually know what that is yet. Have you gotten
0: to the point where you feel almost a little bit like, wow, I have it all like almost a little depressed? Like, I don't know,
1: like now what kind of feeling? Have you gotten well, that, there? The now what? Sometimes I have that. Sometimes I have that. And I still have projects and partnerships like with Peloton that still excite me. Like apathy is the scariest emotion for me because if I'm, I that's just not who I am. Like if I'm in it, I'm about it. And thankfully, I still I still have those things that I can I can still pull that th- those threads. But I I sometimes get nervous of like, what if there's a point in my life where I don't have this excitement? What is it going to be like? You better sign up for that pottery class, girl, because I don't know. <laughs> knitting. Like I think knitting pottery something. Um, but I but I will remain curious. And I know that that curiosity will lead me to other things and that I trust.
0: What are some of your other like areas of interest? You talked about spirituality. I'm curious. I love that topic. I love the nature of reality and like what kind of things run through your head? What kind of private curiosities do you have that you're like, maybe these will manifest. Maybe they will become something else.
1: Food and motherhood, like those kind of peeks into lifestyle that I've never, I haven't, I've only just started really sharing. So that is a big one. Like I love Cooking with my family, and I'm a plant-based athlete, and I love being able to optimize health. Any kind of like biohacking stuff, like I'm just all into of right girl. all of it. Like I'm like, what's the craziest thing you've tried? Um, I mean, it's not that crazy, you know. It's all, it's not. It's
0: all relative, though. I mean, it, like, yeah, I guess people out there I mean, that have never heard of, you know, stem cells. Probably. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, like stem cells have you done that hyperbaric hyperbaric chambers you know th- but stuff that I mean it's still accessible to them it's not common but it's accessible like I'm not yeah, yeah. in a you know some Silicon Valley lab doing that <laughs> super experimental stuff <laughs>
0: uh-huh. yeah, that, that's 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 like I fringe right on the edge of that because I'm friends with yeah. some like I'm, I'm really good friends with Dave Asprey and he is like always on the leading edge of the craziest stuff and (laughs) then he invites me along like he was like hey you know i'm going to costa rica to do some stem cells and they and he's like do you want to come i'm like sure i'm like if anyone's gonna vet this stuff out it's gonna be him but i love um, it i love it
1: And what have you seen that you're like yeah this might be the next the next thing like cold plunges weren't a thing until even a few years ago you know now everybody's got
0: one I mean, I think Cold Plunge is here to stay. I think Red Light's here to stay. I think we'll find our, find our way with stem cells, exosomes, PRP, that whole world. I think if it, unless it's your own stem cells, I think it's probably best to be careful, which, you know, you usually have to go to another country for. Exosomes are really coming along from being pretty popular and more mainstream. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen in like the gene editing world of like going in and being able to have injections that, you know, alter things and fix things that could go
1: wrong with you. What do you think about the scanning that a lot, that a lot of folks are doing? The um, Yeah, the cancer scan, like the tube yeah, thing. The, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I get a little tripped up on whether or not. Sometimes you want to know. Well, exactly. I'm like, because like, there's sort of, it's, there's, I think there's potential in all of us to for it to be there for cancer, for problems. And I wonder how much the mind plays into if you get the information, you build it.
1: What do mm-hmm, you think about mm-hmm. that? Like
0: being someone that is so strong mentally, like what do you put in front of your face that you think is really harmful and
1: really helpful? I think it's a constant media diet. I, I'm a like a media a media literacy of buoyancy and, and optimization. Like I am just constantly listening. So it's like, give me data point like it's almost with blinders on maybe maybe to a fault political data like spiritual data. no it's I'm not I don't dive too much into the politics maybe to a fault right and um I don't go down that road and it's it's tricky right because you know you feel like pressure to use your voice for things that matter and obviously I'm opinionated on things and I believe in in women's rights and LGBTQ rights and and all that but I believe that I can help the world by sharing how I've healed and continue to surround myself with people who feel and act on this idea that more is possible for ourselves individually and then each other. So yes, it's podcasts it's reading books, it's Adam Grant's work, it's nonfiction, it's also fiction, right? And it's doing things that allow me to maintain my energy. So then when I'm dealing with my toddler, when I'm in front of a camera, when I'm you know, hosting anything, it's it's done with like a real purity of intention.
0: Do you think that it's a little unfair what is expected out of public figures or famous people to lend their voice to?
1: I wouldn't say that it's unfair. I think it's a misperception that every person is going to opine on everything with the speed and the rapidity that folks expect. Mm-hmm. And it's not natural for us to have such tr- sh- like such speed with which now we amplify messages that we haven't even educated ourselves on. Yeah. You know, at in response to a CNN headline. It's, and more it's just that's just I don't want to dive into the tornado. I want to be there for folks so they have tools to deal with the aftermath.
0: I love that. I. What do you think is the way forward with everything that's going on? I sort of mull over the idea that this sort of platform is supposed to be used to go do, like go... I'm not an activist at all. Like I'm not, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm much more about live my life, but every now and again, I think, am I supposed to be doing something else? Like a little bit more, am I supposed to be kind of shouting a little louder from the mountaintops and that stuff? Or am I just supposed to be like living my life and express and like, like being curious about what I'm curious about? Do you ever get that where you're like, man, am I just, am I just supposed to live my life in my own like way? Or am I supposed to kind of, use this platform and my resources and intelligence to go okay fine here we go let's let's help this scenario
1: yeah I feel that pull all the time and um and inevitably there's going to be somebody on either some opinion saying you're not doing enough you're doing too much it's like oh I post a charity that I donated to and it's like oh calm down like I'm just I'm just here to receive information on your latest whatever workout. And so the, you feel the friction on on either side, but for me personally, I can kind of I have a, I do a pretty good job ignoring that. But for me personally, as someone who who do, does feel, I want to feel like a citizen of the world. But then sometimes I go in a bubble, and I know that I can put out valuable work like Welcome Hustler when I'm in that bubble. So it is from a place of service, but it might not be the same way that service and activism is defined.
0: I have a hard time not thinking that there is such a heavy layer of um, when somebody is talking about what's not fair about their reality, that there's a lot of victim mentality in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, it keeps you stuck. Yeah. I think the story we tell ourselves is really important and we have to acknowledge like injustices and privilege. And there's a lot to unpack there, right? Circumstantially. Yeah. But I but as someone who is a trauma survivor, I know that it's possible to tell ourselves an empowering story despite the hand that we're dealt. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think that that's a powerful story to hear and, and continue to tell.
0: What do you hope that people are able to achieve with the the journal that you wrote? Obviously, coming from writing books, there's not as many words in this. So
1: <laughs> now, why would why would know- <laughs> a writer
0: go in non-writing direction?
1: <laughs> you know what's well this might be like the most personal thing I've released because the prompts and the mantras and the things are literally from my journals. Like they're from my journals. The things that I've journaled about, and, and um, the audits that I that I now call them, audit, them audits—I didn't call it at the time—but there were kind of questions and answers that I asked in that in the list making and in the in the understanding of: Do I have the physical energy? Do I have the spiritual bandwidth? Do I have the finances to make this career change? And I put those in frameworks in the journal for folks that might be going through similar seasons that need to kind of unpack that. And the, I of course needed to leave enough space for folks to like put in their story, but it is a framework and I, it is an invitation. Like it's like, welcome hustlers. Like if you feel like you've hit a plateau, if you feel stuck, this is your launching pad. Mm -hmm. And this is literally how I did it when I felt stuck. And I continue to revisit these principles and I'm doing it now from a, from a more creative place, right? I'm not in the same. I don't feel I'm stuck in a different way. Maybe is that. Now I'm like, okay, what's your, what's your new level? What's the new door that you're going to walk through? And that's a, like a creative more, I guess, a more creative um, endeavor, but there are really, really practical underpinnings in Welcome Hustler that I've used myself. So personally, it's it's a very meaningful project to me. Well, you have journaling, but if you could go ahead and I'd love, I'd love for you to share maybe
0: just some of the healthiest habits you have. Like Journaling, I'm gu- gonna guess, is probably one of them. But what yeah. do you think, uh what do you think is the most conducive for your state of mind and feeling good, looking good? What is it that you do nearly every day to yeah. accomplish that state?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna be revolutionary for folks. It's sleep hygiene, okay. it's a plant-based diet, it's breath work, it's probably minimally two hours of training a day. Um, and that's Six or seven days a week, and um, how old are you? I'm forty. I just turned forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, man. My body said go away when I am <laughs>
0: training so much. Like it was like I mean, I did the Boston Marathon, and it was during like a whole like bunch of different health things, and I like holy crap, like it, it's taxing. So you have to take care of your body exceedingly sure. well outside of that training to be able to do that training.
1: Yeah. And it's peaks and valleys, right? It's not all going hard in the paint runs or not all really heavy lifting. Like I, I very in tune with what my body needs and I'm not so stubborn to be like, like well, this is what the training plan said. So I must do a 10 mile tempo run today. Right. So uh, th- I have enough, I know how to zoom out. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, um, but movement every day, non-negotiable um, sleep hygiene, even with two kids and a baby, like I managed to get sleep. And that is like so foundational to the framework of my household. Like I will just peace out and shut it down <laughs> at whatever time, like at eight thirty. you know, it's just like goodbye. I say, I say no to a lot of social engagements and a lot of those things to protect all these other energy levers that I need to pull. Uh-huh. Um and it's on a daily basis I say no to something. Mm. On a daily basis I'm just saying no thank you. And if it feels like a mediocre maybe or a may or that a mediocre yes, it's just a no. And that that I'm not binary about a lot of things, but that's a that, that's a binary approach that has been useful for me.
0: Yeah, that's good. Is there any more fitness mountains to climb for you? Yeah. Uh, yes. Maybe like literally uh, climb like Mount
1: <laughs> Del Jaro or um, getting back to getting back to ultras would be really exciting for me. I haven't done a hundred milers since before my daughter was born. So, you know, there's some epic ones, you know, you've got Leadville, you've got Marathon to Saab, yeah. like that's that. I think when my son um, who's, what is he, 12 weeks now when he's a little bit older, you know, cause that, that training takes time away from the family, but the, I still have finish lines that that remain unchecked
0: <laughs> what about there's a dock out and it's about where you run basically one loop and then you, oh you have like every I, 20 minutes you run a loop yes 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 i saw have that you Thought dock. about that one um watch the I would, dock. I want, no, no no i saw it it's one more mile
1: or something one more mile it is like yeah. my mind says it's a mental thing for F,
0: that. yeah I, I could do that because like i'm feel very strong
1: mentally um, yeah, but I still I'm not going to do it, but I well the grade also it's a hill this the downhill that gets people cuz they don't know people don't realize it's the downhill that will get you in a mountain race. I'm sure
0: you've done Boston
1: then. Boston actually I haven't done. Stop I haven't that, done Boston. You have to do I haven't Boston. done Boston or Chicago to, and then I'll finish my six of the majors.
0: Oh yeah, well yeah. run Boston cuz it's harder and then run Chicago and get a PR because it's yes. the flattest track.
1: Yeah, get yep. your PR
0: yep. and then checkered flag on your marathons.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think so. Next next fall I'll definitely do a marathon. And I think I might sign up for just some like weightlifting strength stuff in the spring just to mess around. But you know, little remain little
0: curious. Yeah. Well, congratulations on everything. You're so successful. You have such a great spirit. And I really resonate with that. So just um, you know, keep doing your thing, girl.
1: Thanks, girl. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.